Hello and welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Let's tune in to today's message. And if I can get to them that way, I will tear the heart out of those people and the heart to fight. And I believe Adolf Hitler was directly influenced by Satan, there's no question. And I believe that's part of Satan's strategy to the saints as well. To try and make something that'll buggle your knees, that you're just about not able to continue going on. Disappointments, huge disappointments, huge distractions, sometimes a betrayal from a brother or a sister. Something that will just buggle your knees, and you're just like, where do I turn now? Who do I trust now? What can I believe now? These kinds of things that the enemy, Satan, will try to use as a warfare against the saints of God to wear them down. So that within the church, and I bless God that we don't have that here, but within the church or within the family, there is continual fighting. Constant fighting, 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 misunderstandings, fights, and fights. And the next thing he'll try to do is bring brother against brother and sister against sister. He will raise up questions in your minds. He will try to do that by certain things that are spoken. It can be from a brother or a sister that after a church service at times. And let me tell you, we all face these things. A brother or a sister will maybe say something to a good brother or a good sister that loves the Lord. But all at once they say this one little thing like Peter did. And it puts a question in you. And it causes you to doubt. And the next thing you know, it starts getting your imagination going. I believe one of the ways that I have detected whether Satan speaks through somebody is when it gets my imagination moving. If it makes me imagine or inflames my imagination, pretty much you know that the enemy has his finger in it. Now you'll start imagining. You'll imagine, I wonder though what he or she or what they think or... And it just goes on and on and on and on. If he can inflame your imagination with a fiery dart, I believe that's one of the strategies he uses. And he successfully uses it many times. Now, Satan's strategy, let me just say a couple things. He wears the heart out of the people of love. We are the people of love. We're not the people of hate. We're the people of love. Love is one thing that we need. We depend on love. I depend on love. I depend on the love of God. God uses love to win me. Back in any circumstance or situation, he always uses love to win us. Now, we as children of God, we also use that same love. It's the agape love that we use to win each other to each other. Now, what he tries to do is he wears, try to wear on the heart of love. So that you become a bit unloving. So that it's hard to love. And he tries to wear that part down. I believe that's one of the things he does. Uh, some of the tools and strategy or strategic tools that he uses, I believe, is accusation and pressure. He tries to put pressure on the saints. And he also uses accusation on the saints. And, and it is rare that he up and says an accusation right to you. But he'll say it to somebody that you'll find out some way. And it makes imaginations come up. I want you to hear this. I want you to receive what I'm saying. I'm speaking a lot by experience. 
But when the imagination starts being inflamed in you, you can pretty much know that somebody or something has stung you. And now you're imagining, I wonder what he meant when he did that. I wonder if he was talking to me today in the service because he knew of a certain thing that I did. I, didn't, I don't know nothing. I, how many times have I heard this? Did you know anything of my present circumstances? No, I know nothing. I'm speaking of what the Lord put on my heart. See, that's what guilt does. And then you start imagining. If Satan can somehow get you guilty, he will stir your imagination, and then that's a nation by its own. You'll be in a nation, you'll have all kinds of things. A dear brother and a dear sister that once were so near to you now become distance because of imagination. Not even because they've done anything, but because of imagination. You'll start suspecting things. You'll imagine this, that certain look out of the corner of his eyes. Why was he looking at me? Why was she looking at me? And it's the guilt in us that is making this imagination go into another world. And as a result, next thing you happen is the carpet is put, being pulled out from underneath your feet. And the next thing you know, you're defeated. You're laying there and you're defeated and you don't know where you went wrong. But someone, you got stung by a fiery dart that you were not listening for or it got you unexpected. Now, how do we deal with this when it happens? I'm going to talk about some of that. Uh, accusation and pressure is what I believe is, is the main thing that the enemy uses. He sickens, I wrote, wrote down here, he sickens our imagination. He takes the imagination and he makes it sick. And when that imagination becomes sick, just like he did in the Garden of Eden, when he introduced sickness, he put a sickness in his imagination that I'm starting to imagine stuff that I never thought I ever would. About people that I love dearly and people that love me dearly, the next thing I'm questioning whether it's real or not. It's not based on their love, it's based on my imagination. Somewhere I heard from Satan and I believed it. When your imagination becomes sick, what happens next is hope fades. Circumstances look impossible. You come into a situation, a circumstance that looks like this mountain is too big to ever be removed. I will never be able to overcome this situation. And your hope starts fading. In your marriage, with your children, whatever this concerns, when your imagination has been hurt by the power of the enemy. Now, I've not talked much about how this can, how this can happen, but I will here with some time. Self-doubt destroys love and throws faith out of commission. The next thing you have, when hope fades, you start doubting. And you start doubting about everything. You doubt yourself, you doubt your brother and your sister, you doubt your mom and your dad, you doubt your own experience with Christ, and all you know finally is a vicious circle. And everything looks like around you just turns dark, and eerie and you're trying to live the Christian experience but you can't it's not working you go in this vicious circle somewhere you've been listening to something 
It could only have been one time, might not have been repeated, but just one time that you picked something up and your imagination all at once, you know what? I don't think I'm welcome anymore. I don't think, I think Wayne is trying to avoid me. You'll have that, especially about the preachers, because that's who you listen to. That's who you're listening Sunday after Sunday. I think he's avoiding me. He must know something about me that I alone know. It's you're listening to something. You're listening to the enemy. And what it tries to do is diminish the love that I have for you, that you have for me. And I know of no circumstances, so I speak clearly. But this is how it works. Now, let's look at some other things. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, we want to look at this verse, and we want to identify some of the items in the verse. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary... Now, when I look at Greek here, I look at what adversary means. Adversary means simply this, opponent in a lawsuit. So, some years ago, I had a lawsuit against me from an employee. And this employee said that he hurt his back while he was working for me. And uh, as a result of that, uh, we had social, uh, workers' comp and everything, but uh, it was like six months or so later, all at once we get this letter that we're in a lawsuit. He's suing us because he hurt his back on duty. Well, we found something right now. There was, uh, he was my opponent. Before he worked for me, he was my friend. Now there was a lawsuit. Right now, I was looking for some things. One of the men in the office went and did some research on him to see if anything he could find as a defense. Oh, he found in an article in a magazine that, or in a, in a local paper that this man here did a lot of, had, had horses. And he did a lot of horse riding and show horses and so forth. And there was this one incident where he fell, got kicked off of a horse, and injured his back. Ended up in the hospital. Ah, we got a whole list of things against him. He was blaming us for his back mishap when it was a horse that kicked him off. And after that was seen, the lawsuit was, didn't even continue because we did some research and saw what he really did. See, there was an opponent. Now, I was looking. We were looking. Were we really the fault? If we are, we have to do whatever is necessary. But we didn't feel that it was a problem while he worked there. So we were looking for some things. Now, that's how the enemy goes about to look at us. That's what I'm trying to bring out. So it's like the enemy, here it says, because your adversary is looking for legalities that he can find against you. You know, you didn't quite respond right. You should have responded a little bit different. And then he'll inject you with poison, and now you feel the guilt. This is how the enemy tries to defeat the saint, to wear him down. He's constantly looking at you, trying to find fault. And when there is a fault, it often comes up and something is spoken, but it's spoken through a saint. Yeah? It's rarely, I don't know that Satan has ever said anything to me without using a mouth. He uses somebody's lips. And I don't know that I have ever been offended or hurt even. 
from somebody that was in the world that cursed and cussed and did all those things perhaps against me, it didn't affect me. But when it happens from a brother or a sister, now I'm not even in church, but maybe in the community, you'll get so offended by it. You see, the enemy is constantly looking for legal matters to bring against your soul to prove you that you are not a saint. Have you ever had these thoughts? If I would be a Christian, I wouldn't be doing this. Hmm. I don't feel like a Christian today. Oh. Why not? Did God change his position with you in salvation? Or did you just get stung by the enemy? It's those feelings. And as long as he can make you feel dirty like sin is, you'll continue to get dirtier. It's how it works. So he wants to somehow make you feel polluted. It can happen through, like I say, it happens through words. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the opponent in a lawsuit, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Now I look at the word devour in Greek, and it says to drink down, to gulp. He's looking for somebody that he can just go, get him with his mouth. How do you drink down? With the mouth. How do you gulp? With the mouth. He's looking for some way that he can just take you and go open your mouth and he just wants to gulp you down. That's what it says. That's, the, that's, that's what Greek says. Verse 9 says, Whom resists steadfast in the faith. Thank you for listening to today's program. We hope you were blessed. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our listeners. Check out our website and get our weekly word e-letter by signing up at www.ministriesofwayneweaver.com. Until next time, God bless.